Hey, Take Six listeners, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of the podcast. This is episode number 16, the Mitch Marner episode of the podcast, so you know it's going to be a good one. Please, 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 after you listen or before you're listening, even while you're listening, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and also give us a rating and review us there. It really helps with the algorithms, lets more people see us, all that kind of fun stuff. Also, if you've got Instagram, go follow us there at Take Six Podcast. We post a lot of good content daily. Uh, Twitter as well, at Take Six for some funny in-game tweets and our facebook page at take 6 you'll uh, you won't regret it that's for sure today we're going to sit down with uh, Evan Keelhauer and talk about the first quarter almost the first third of the leafs season so far so please enjoy welcome to the take 6 podcast what up it is the take 6 podcast i'm hunter surplus and as always on the line, we've got Mr. Evan Keelhauer. How the hell are we, Paul? Oh, buddy, way too good. Leafs got a very big win tonight against Boston. 4-2 to two. dub didn't catch too much of the game, but excited none, nonetheless, obviously. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we don't have Callum on the show today. He was, you know, he was in doing the Raptors podcast, the Raptors quarterly podcast this, you know, this weekend so now we've got you and doing the Leafs you're the Leafs guy here um so you know I I think this is more you know a third of the way through the season than a quarter right like they're 25 games in I think we kind of dropped the ball on uh, yeah yeah more or less yeah well regardless it's uh it's a good show coming up we're going to be talking about you know all things Leafs if you're a Leafs fan keep Keep listening, that's for sure. Keep listening, whether you're a Leafs fan or not, to be completely honest. So, you know, through these 25 games, their record is 17-8. and eight. They have a plus 24-point differential, which is nuts. And they're currently tied for third in the league, in the whole NHL, with the Buffalo Sabres. I will repeat that again. The Buffalo Sabres, which is shocking to me, if Man. I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I don't think anybody was really thinking that the Buffalo Sabres were going to be tied for the Leafs. You know, like, that that's wild. There's a nine-game win streak. Did they play tonight? Is that is that streak still going? Because if uh, so, like, that's, I that's think, insane. I think they played last night. They're not playing tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's just absolutely wild, that streak that they were on. Yeah, it's nuts. I've been saying Jack Eichel is one of my favorite players basically since he got into the league. You know, I've been tooting his oh, yeah. horn. Like, you have been preaching, buddy. And, you know, looks like uh, looks like I've been right. Looks like I've been right. But For once, for it once, happened. For once, it happened. <laughs> it happened. Um, so, you know, some things that kind of popped out to me that in terms of, like, statistics for the Leafs... Um, they're last in the least, like they have the least amount of penalty minutes in the entire league. So they're barely on the penalty kill, which I love to see. And they're fourth in goals against, which like totally caught me off guard because I've been saying on this podcast many times and I've been feeling throughout pretty much the whole season that it just feels like they give up a lot of goals. 
like it's you know some games are giving up five six but i guess they've been on a pretty good stretch now giving up you know very little amount of of goals to to some pretty good teams i like did, does that stand like do those shock you at all like the the last in the penalty minutes it's like whatever that's kind of it kind of makes sense with this is a very disciplined team with Babcock on the bench but like fourth and goals against did you see that coming at the beginning of the year man uh absolutely not to put it uh simply um I mean like if you look at the Leafs team like they don't really stand out defensively like they have Frederick Anderson who Freddie is like he's a good starting goalie there's no question about that but he's not like a top three or top five goaltender in the league so you know that paired with like no real like outstanding defensive defenseman as far as like when we were coming into this season like none i would say that there's not a single good well i mean evidently i'm going to be wrong by saying this but like i don't think there's a single good like offensive or defensive defenseman see and that's that's where this stat surprises me the most because ron ron freaking hainsey is fourth and plus minus in the league not just on the Leafs, but in the league he's plus 15 and like that that is not a guy who i who i would be thinking is going to be holding it down as well as he has been on the defensive end like the guy's just been a study he's been a, he's been a great defenseman and he's also he's also got 11 points which you can't really be complaining about from a defensive defenseman i'm not going to be complaining about you know 11 points from ron hainsey ever, yeah. ever. He, he's earned his paycheck already this year First absolutely, 25 games, yeah, he's he banked has. it. <laughs> absolutely, he has. And see, that's pretty intense that he is a he is a top five, you know, fourth in the league in plus minus because no one else is really is really up there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess... First, first, second, and third all have six. They're all plus 16, so yeah, Ron's so right in that. So he's basically, yeah, he's basically second. I mean, like he's not, but he's basically yeah. second. He's he's got the second best plus minus, and then Kapanen's got eleven. You know, he's plus eleven, and then uh, Mitch Marner's plus ten. And I'm sure that that list goes on and on for for good Leafs players there. But also, Frederick Anderson is leading the league in wins. Like he's tied with Marc Andre Fleury with wins this year, which once again, he's not a top five, top three goalie in the league, but he keeps getting these wins. He keeps, you know, standing on his head, getting these wins. His save percentage is nine thirty one, and his goals against average is two twenty four. So either I'm, you know, watching different hockey than what is going on on, uh, you know, CBC on Saturday nights. But I, to me, it just, I, I it might have just been the beginning of the season where they were just giving up goal after goal after goal after goal after goal. No. Like, I, I totally see where you're coming from. Because, like, for the first little bit, it, it really did just seem like, oh, yeah, the Leafs, like, you're going to want to tune in because, like, the over and under on the Leafs, like, goal, like, on the Leafs game tonight is, like, you know, seven goals or, like, 15 goals. It was ridiculous. They, they were beating teams, like, 7-6 and, you know, 5-4. Like, it just seems like it was the most exciting offensive hockey to watch. <laughs> you it's know, they were just yeah. out-pumping teams. Out pumping teams. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and then one more thing that uh, that I'm very very happy with, and I think will improve quite a bit, is that they're third in the league in 
goals for. So, like, they're without Matthews for however many games it's been, without Nylander for a full 25 games, they're still producing the third most goals in the whole entire NHL. That's, uh, that's not a chump team right there. If no. you can do that without, you know, two, two very, very offensively gifted players, I think well, you are... Well, I mean, like, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're in the top three for, for goals for, and, and you're missing an elite goal scorer with his, his main setup guy. Like, that's, like, you know, if you were to take that away from the Buffalo Sabres, they're, they're not on that nine-game win streak. They're not battling they're for on a, They're you know, on a first. nine-game losing streak. Absolutely. Like, the depth that the Leafs, that we're able to see now, and, like, the system, it's all just coming together, it seems like. And uh, and it's it's great. It's great to watch that these boys are finally, you know. You don't have to worry about, you know, Austin Matthews when he's out injured. Like, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, and I think that's just, you know, how good, like, how far Marner's come, how... We've, you know, we've got John Tavares on on the team. It's it's just yeah. one of those things that like there's so much depth on that offense. Like Kadri's been able to step up, play that play that second line role, which he did very well last year, right? We still have Marlowe, who's a very talented player. We've got Kapanen, who stepped up. Connor Brown, who was on the first line last season for a lot of the time. So. You know, some of these guys are just kind of going unnoticed. Like, obviously, we've got these uh, forwards who probably wouldn't normally be playing. Uh, I know that Trevor Moore guy has been called up uh, a couple times here and there. And, you know, he's not that he's been playing exceptional, but he's stepped up. He's done his job just the way that we need him to. Which just a is, solid role player. Exactly. And that's that's really all you need in, in a guy coming in uh for for this team and so i'm just going to go through the you know top three point getters for the maple Leafs. so right now the top three i don't think is much of a surprise or at least the top two is not much of a surprise we've got mitch Marner at number one with 33 points 27 of those are apples 27 of them are apples we've got john tavares coming in at number two with 28 points, 15 goals, uh, 13 assists. And then Morgan Riley has 27 points, nine goals, 18 assists. So I, I think if, if Matthews is in there, if he's not injured for this long amount of time that he has been, I think Matthews slides up into that you know top three range, maybe bumps Riley down. But who knows, maybe Riley gets more points with Matthews on the ice more often. So I, that's just a, that's just a good thing to note out there. Like I, I'm not really surprised with these three. Uh, I'm sure you're not really surprised with these three either. No, I mean like Mitch Marner is, uh, he's, he's the man. Like, I think I gas him up every, every episode and talk about how I didn't think he was going to be as good as he was, but, uh, man, like, you heard that at the beginning of the year, you know, there was a there's a reason I think he was going to be leading the the league or not the league, fuck, maybe the league. Um, but the team in points um cuz uh 
you just you look at who he was setting up last year in JVR, I believe it was, and now he's setting up John Tavares. And 25 games in, the guy's got 27 assists. Like, that's that's what I saw coming. Why do you and, think uh, JVR had 36 last year? <laughs> exactly. There's no, there's no, you know. 36 tap-ins. Yeah, there's no, no coincidence there that JVR had 36 last year, and he's probably going to put up 15 this year. Yeah, man, he's that's, he's really looking like one of the best is. passers in the league. Like, yeah, I I totally agree. And I mean, so in terms of like the best players so far, um, my my answer for this, we kind of talked about this a little bit, you know, throughout other podcasts. But you know, my answer for this initially, without an injury, would be Austin Matthews, just because. His presence on the ice is, I think, more impactful than Mitch Marner and John Tavares. His, he's just, I, you know, to me, he's a better player than Tavares. He, he just is. He's a better player than Marner. He just is. But without him, I think it's easy for both of us to say that Marner has undoubtedly been the best player. I don't know if you're going to come in and, and say that I'm wrong here, but... I mean, like... I don't know if I could uh, say anything without just completely reiterating what you just said. <laughs> like, I, I totally agree. I think Austin Matthews has the most talent on this team. Like, he's he's so talented. Just every everything he does, like, when he's on the ice, a play is being made and, and something's happening. Um, but Mitch Marner, his consistency is ridiculous. And his durability is, again, just what impresses me like um the other night when uh when he was zigging and zagging through uh those guys had i'm pretty sure it was against the the blue jackets like yep, yep he's so he's so shifty and uh i don't know why that um babcock hasn't put marner on matthews's line but uh i think i think that's one change i'd be making to the lineups just to see and build chemistry between those two i agree but one of the conditions of uh, Tavares coming to the Leafs was that he would play with with Marner. Was that that was actually a condition? That was it. That was it. He came in saying, you know, uh, he's got to he's got to be on my line, and and now you're really seeing why because, you know, Tavares is on pace for half century goals and a hundred points, just about a hundred points. He'll be just under a hundred points. And Mitch Marner's on pace for 100 points and about 1,000 assists. Jeez. So, you know, you're going to get two guys. See, me and you both at the beginning, I, I think we both kind of called that it could be a toss-up between any of these three guys touching, you know, 80 points. Like, all three of them could touch 80. I never in my wildest dreams expected Tavares and Marner 25 games into the season being on pace for... 100 points I never in my wildest dreams expected that no I mean like yeah I thought they were doing well but like what they're doing right now is is it's unbelievable like I still can't believe I'm looking at the number 27 (laughs) yeah it's ridiculous yeah um but yeah no like it's just it's pretty sweet to like actually be able to watch a Leafs team where you know 25 games in you have you still have three guys in the top 10 for points. Tavares is uh, tied for eighth, I believe. Marner is sixth in league points. And Riley has cracked the top 10. He's sitting at ninth. Um, hey, 
This that's is, depth. Not that's many, depth on a team. See, like, and the thing is, is you, you're seeing a line like, uh, you're seeing a line like whatever they have up there in Colorado and whatever line they've got over there in, in Boston that we saw tonight. And the craziest part about it is, yeah, those lines are good, all three players, but I think that our top two in terms of chemistry is just as good, if not better than all three of those guys. And then, you know, once you slide Matthews and Willie, hopefully I'm crossing my fingers right now. If you're sliding those two guys into that top lineup, then Marner and Tavares are going to be on that second line and they're going to be the best second line the NHL probably has ever seen. And it's, you know, in its entirety. Yeah, that second statement, totally agree with. That'll be the best second line ever, man. Um, <laughs> there's probably going to be some old fart saying, like, you know, Mark Messier was on, like, Wayne Gretzky's second line. Don't you ever talk shit, you know? But, uh, no, nah, like, I don't know. I think that the the best first uh, line in the league right now has got to be that uh, McKinnon and Ranton in line. Those guys are freaks, but I'm also expecting them to slow down. There's no way they can sustain that. Well, Brandon's got like 38 points right yeah, now. Yeah, whether they slow down now or whether they slow down next season or whatever it is, Mitch Marner is not going to slow down. Mitch Marner is going to get better. You know, maybe McKinnon and Brandon and whoever that other clown is on that line will get better as well. But Marner, I like. It's hard for me to say now that Marner is not going to have a hundred point seasons in these next coming years, especially now that he's paired with such a good player like Tavares. And if Marlowe stays around, such a talented old man in Marlowe with, <laughs> with the chemistry that they all have, right? Like, it's, it's, it's impossible to see this guy getting, getting worse, you know, nonetheless mm-hmm. slowing down. So with, with the team that they have right now, right, like without Willie, say they don't get Willie back. Do you think they have a chance to win the cup still without Willie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I believe, you know, like if you just like look at where they are and, and what, what they're doing right now without him, which, you know, they've been doing all right. All right without him, you know, sitting at, uh, I think it's like third, third in the league or uh, they're, yeah, no, they're yeah, fourth third in the league. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. Tied. Tied, for tied with buff. Tied with buff. A point behind first, really. Um, so if they're doing that without Nylander, and then, you know, if you're trying to tell me that, like, right now, personally, I believe they can make the the playoffs and and make a run for the cup, and if you can get another piece for Nylander instead of him just, you know, chilling out in Sweden, then I think uh, it just improves our chances. We we only get better when this Nylander situation is resolved and ended. So, heck yeah, I'm believing. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. My only thing is, since they're in such a tough division, and they'll have to go through, you know, those well, at least one of those three teams in Tampa, Buffalo, and Boston. So, like, if they, if they finish first in their division, they'll have to only go through one of them. But if they finish second in their division... Or third, they'll have to go through two of those really tough teams. And even if they do finish first, they could play, 
you know, one of the good teams, like whether it's Boston, Buffalo, or Tampa, whichever one falls out of the top three in the division, they'll have to play them in the wild card probably as well, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like this divisions thing is is really getting on my nerves, the way that they've made this. <laughs> so I think that in terms of getting to the finals, it's going to be really tough because of that whole division situation, who they're going to have to play in either that first, second, or third round, really. So, but if they do, if they do get by these guys, I think it's a no-brainer that they can win. Um, but with Willie, like, to me, I think they're, you know, kind of a lock to make, maybe not a lock to make the finals, but I'd, I'd put my money on it for sure. Yeah. Um, no, it's never an easy road to the finals. I still think the boys can do it with or without Nylander. I mean, like, you can quote me saying at the beginning when we did our season uh, season guessing and stuff like that, I didn't even say they were going to make the finals, but here I am buying back into the hype. <laughs> um, I think I still think that, you know, they got a good chance at it. If they can get another defensive piece for it or even, you know. Him. Him. Right. I, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. It'll be tough. It's going to be a tough road getting through Washington, Tampa, or Buffalo, or Boston. Like, it's it's going to be a battle. It won't. It, it sure as hell won't be fun playing those teams. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, for us watching, it'll be the most fun time of of playoff hockey ever. It'll be an emotional roller coaster for oh sure. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! It'll be it'll be awesome. But we at the beginning, you brought up the season preview. I think we both had very very high expectations for the regular season with this team. Mine much higher than yours. I said that they were going to win fifty five games or more, and you said a modest fifty. Mm-hmm. Safe I, bet. I think, yeah, I think it's safe to say you're still on board with that. Hundred percent. Yeah, me, I'm, I'm still on board. Uh, they need to get Matthews back, though. Hopefully, you know, within the next week or so, uh, if if he comes back, I am on that 110. percent I'm riding that bandwagon to the moon and back. If if Matthews is back and even more so if if Willie comes back because if they have Willie and Matthews back, their first two lines, like I said before, are the best in the league, no doubt about it. And right now, without Willie, without Matthews for whatever, how, however many games it's been, I want to say 10 or 12 or something like that, their winning percentage is... 68%. So that, you know, 17 wins out of 25 is a 68% winning percentage. And if they keep that up, they're on pace for 55.6 wins. So that's over my 55 wins. And like I said, you know, not even 45 seconds ago, once Willie and once Austin comes back, which I am certain Willie's coming back almost with what's been coming out as of late. They're they're gonna surpass it. They're gonna get fifty five and change wins for bold, sure. Bold, bold. Five and change wins for sure, man. That's, I like it. That's what I'm thinking, man. And then, you know, it's gonna be, 
if and if they get fifty five wins, they're just gonna they're gonna steamroll the rest of the the conference in terms of points oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know what, man. Speaking of Nylander and Matthews coming back, if those two were to come back for uh, for the um, the game on Wednesday against San Jose, I'm not putting Nylander on the first line. Mm-hmm. I'm keep- no, nope. and and uh, I don't think I'd put Austin there too. I would uh, I would make them the second line. Nylander, I might even drop down to the third because he's been such a you know stickler with his money, but. Uh, no, he's got the talent for the second line, but I, you know, I don't think I would touch uh, Marner and Tavares and what they're doing on that first line because it is working. Yeah, I would kind of be okay with Matthews, or and when I say kind of be okay with it, I am one hundred percent okay with Matthews being on that first line right when he comes back, mm-hmm. just because he's the man. You know, he's going to come back. Babcock isn't going to rush him back, especially with how well the guys are playing. He's going to bring him back at, you know, if not 100%, 90 at the at the bottom, right? Like, he'll be 90% at the bottom. And even if he's, you know, playing on that first line, he's the, you know, he's the first one out there on uh, to start the game. I don't think he'll be playing first-line minutes right away, which is also fine with me. But I think that he should be kind of, you know, hopping up there, at least getting told that he's on the first line to to bring that confidence back. Because coming back from an injury is always tough. Not that I, I know uh, what coming back from a professional sports injury is like, but <laughs> <laughs> just assuming here coming back from a, an injury in in that scenario is tough. But, yeah, drop, drop Nylander down to the third line, buddy. You have not been a team player. You have not shown any consideration for your future as a champion all you've thought about is the money and and yourself so you know what i'd i'd find babcock in this scenario obviously they want to keep the guy happy after taking the discount to be on the team but if i'm babcock here i'm i'm saying hey pal you haven't played with nhl guys for months you know, back of the line here hasn't even skated with the team haven't even skated with the team you got to back of the line here pal you haven't even been in contact with us it's been your agents you know i don't even know if you like this team anymore i don't know where you're going to fit matthews is playing so well without you the whole team's been playing so well without you and as as long as you're as long as you show that you can do what you've been doing then yeah you'll you'll make your way up to that first line spot if you think you're as good as you are you'll find your way back up to that first line but if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't, uh, I don't know if he deserves it right away. I totally agree with you there, pal. Yeah, and especially with how well Kapanen's been playing, because Kapanen is slowly but surely just stealing Nylander's job and making him expendable. I, I, I wouldn't even say slowly. I would yeah. not even say slowly but surely, man. This guy has snatched it and is running away right now. Nylander, but- if Nylander doesn't come back and... You know, ba- three days, right? Three days, basically. This guy needs to needs to sign and, and be on this team. If if he doesn't come yeah. back soon and, and play at a high level, Kapanen is staying on that first line until yeah. until Nylander really shows what well, he's worth. Here here are some stats for you. Um, at the end of November last year, um, Nylander had uh, he had twenty points at the end of November. 
And guess how much um, Kapanen's got by at the end of November. There's one game left in November, but he's sitting at 17 points. Like for exact, for exact a fraction for a fraction of the price. It's, you know, it's baby food, man. You play on this team and you're gonna eat. That's mm-hmm. ba- that's what that shows me, and that's what I said before on on last week's podcast that Nylander is absolutely expendable. And one of the reasons why is because he's on such a good team. And I said this last week, Nylander, if you're on a different team, you're not putting up nearly as many points as you are on the Leafs. That's just the way it is. Kapanen as well. As good as Kapanen is, as good as Kapanen's been, he's not putting up nearly you know, 17 points as, as of right now in, mm-hmm. in the season. And that's, and that's just the way it is. That's just the facts. You've seen you've seen good players leave good teams and turn into mediocre players many times. I can't even count it on my fingers or my toes or in my head. And it's just that's the way it is, man. When you're on a good team like this who moves the puck around and who has such good offensive players and such good passing and and power play skill and all ev- everything that's good about this team makes everyone around it better. Mm-hmm. So, I have a. I I don't know if I'd call this a hot take, but it's more of a. It's a way of looking at a, a certain player on this team. Uh, the article is going to be coming out tomorrow that I'm writing on it, so I'll I'll talk and give a little bit of a sneak peek here, but for me, so far this season. Although Morgan Riley is a defenseman, he has been a top six forward on the Leafs. Which sounds kind of crazy because he's a defenseman. How can a defenseman be a forward? All that kind of stuff. But he has been. He has been one of the best players in the entire league. Like we said, he's ninth in points. He has 27 points. He is a plus nine, nine goals, 18 assists on the power play. He's got, you know, uh, on the power play, he's got 10 points, which is like, I think second or first in the league or first in Toronto in terms of points. And he's putting up 66 shots in 24 games, which is insane. And if you just watch the way he plays, he plays not necessarily more like an offensive player, but he plays like an offensive defenseman, and he's one of the most offensively skilled defensemen in the league. So like, am I out of line to say this? Or that's that is a bold take, but I don't even know if I if I would you know really disagree with you just because of his yeah his production and ability to produce points um, on the defensive end, like. You know, like he is—he's really become a great setup man. He's got 18 assists. Um, like that's not bad at all. I don't—I've never heard heard this kind of take before. But you know what? I'm not going to disagree with you. I—I I'd, I'd, honestly, offensively, I'd say he's probably more talented than Josh Levo or Tyler Ennis or you know, maybe even Zach Hyman. Like Morgs can really do it. And uh, you know what? I—I'm not going to agree with you, pal. I—I I consider him a talk 
top six forward on the maybe not maybe not forward, but just top six offensive presence on the team. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair to say. Uh, you know, being a, a top, you know, offensive presence there, but he's. I'm gonna give you some names here with who this guy's putting more points up against, and he's pretty much the only defenseman who have more than 25 points in the league. I think he's the only one. I'm looking at the at the leaderboard right now. He's the only defenseman who has over 25 points. He's the only defenseman in the top 20 in points. So some guys that are sitting, you know, at the same number of points as him are Alexander Ovechkin, Phil Kessel, Blake Wheeler, Matthew Kachuk. John Tavares has one more than him. Johnny Goudreau, David Pasternak has one less, Landeskog has one less, Drysadel has one less, and Jeff Skinner has one less. And that's among other players who obviously are not, you know, as as good as he is. It's it's just insane. It's absolutely insane. That's some good company to be uh, sitting amongst as a defenseman, <laughs> and even as a forward, like. Yeah, those are those are some talented guys. Those are some top offensive players in the league. That's what I'm saying. Every single guy that I just named off is not only a top six forward on their team, but top three. You know, Ovechkin's one of the best offensive players that we've ever seen. Phil Kessel's one of the best scorers that, especially us in Toronto, that we've ever seen. Goudreau's the best player on his team. Pasternak's the second best player on his team. It's it's insane. It's insane how many points this guy's putting up. And yeah, I mean, he is playing with good offensive players, but he jumps, he rushes like an offensive player. He rushes with them. He makes passes like he is an offensive player. I I just like, I can't see it any other way. Now that I, I thought of it, I was watching the game and I saw him, you know, just rush the puck here and there, like rush it almost every single play and just make plays because of his rushing ability and his stick handling and his shot. And I just couldn't get the image out of my mind of him just, you know, if he was a forward, he'd be a top six forward. And he's a defenseman and he's still a top six forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, it'd be interesting to see Riley on the wing for a game. Throw Austin Matthews. Yeah, we'll put him center. Throw Austin Matthews back on D because, uh, I remember seeing a clip from their practice, and it was uh, Morgan Riley and uh, Austin Austin Matthews. Or no, it wasn't Riley. It was Jake Gardner and Jake, Austin yeah, Matthews Gardner. were chirping each other about you know like two on ones and stuff. And I think it was Austin was chirping Jake on two on his two on one ability. And then uh, what? The, I think they only got a shot uh, three of the ten times they uh, they had a two on one against Matthews. Yep. Yep. That would be interesting <laughs> to see how that worked out for a game. You know, maybe they'll go out to Arizona and just, you know, play with the lines a bit. Yeah, and that's it, man. That's it. Like, Riley is a beast offensively. I think he's the most skilled offensive defenseman in the league at the moment. Yeah, right now he's looking like what P.K. Subban was hyped up to be. Yeah, even A couple like, years ago and stuff. I think he's better than Subban. Yeah, Subban's a bit better defensively, but I uh, offensively, yeah, I, yeah, man, he's literally he's 
he's one of the main emphases. Em, I don't even know if that's a word. He's the, one of the main points of emphasis on the Leafs power play, which, you know, is impressive. It, yeah, that's not bad. It's really impressive. So I think, you know, that's going to be all for today, unless you can think of any other uh, any other Leaf stuff you want to talk about. Oh, ah, uh, hmm. Ah, uh, you know, the boys are firing it up. Won uh, seven of the last ten without Austin Matthews. Not a huge deal. Um, and uh, their power play percentage, I was looking at that. Boys are rocking a steady 25%, same as last year. Um, I thought it'd go up, but Matthews hasn't been on the power play for a while. I was just about to say, Matthews and and Nylander are not (laughs) on the power play. So once they get on there, it's going to get better. I think think the theme of this podcast has been when Matthews and Willie gets back. (laughs) Watch out. Yeah, watch out. That's when the real real stuff is going to... Is going to really come in. So, Willie, take note of what David Pasternak has been doing because I want you to get signed for that, you know, six, seven, six, seven, five million dollar contract and then put up a ridiculous amount of points. Please, Willie, show us that you're worth eight million dollars. Even sign a bridge, just sign a bridge, (sighs) buddy. Just do anything, man. Anything, anything. Don't waste a year of. You know, not necessarily your prime, but of you're getting to your prime because mm-hmm. this is. You boys know, are only getting better. The boys are only getting better, and if if you're on the team, you uh, you know, with what you think of yourself, you know that you're gonna help this team win some games. That's for uh, that's for damn sure. We know you're. We know you're listening, Willie. Just just freaking sign, goddamn it. Just sign. We need more beautiful people in Toronto. <laughs> and that's what that's the presence you'll bring. So with uh without further ado, I guess I guess that'll be the end that'll be the end of today's podcast. If you guys want to you know follow us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also give us a rating and review us on Apple Podcasts. It'll be much appreciated. We're on Instagram at Take Six Podcast, on Twitter at Take Six, and Facebook at Take Six as well. You can DM us, uh, personal message us, whatever it is. Get some questions in here, and we'll be extremely happy to answer and debate whatever, whatever you you want, really. So, Keel, uh, it was great talking to you, pal. Have yeah. a uh, have a good one. As always, pal, pleasure doing business with you.